0: It's Monday, December the twenty-first, and this is your morning briefing from the Economist, sponsored by Raytheon Technologies. Coming up: a new strain of coronavirus in Britain and a COVID nineteen aid package in America. First, the world in brief: a swave of countries banned travel to and from Britain in an attempt to halt the spread of a new strain of the coronavirus. France stopped freight transport travelling across the English Channel for 48 hours. The route is an essential supply line for goods coming into Britain. Many countries, including France, Germany and Ireland, announced restrictions or bans on flights. The mutated virus was also detected in the Netherlands and Australia. It is thought to be up to 70% more transmissible than the original. On Sunday, Britain reported an increase in COVID-19 cases of 35,928, the highest daily rise since the start of the pandemic. Britain's isolation comes as Brexit talks dragged on, with less than two weeks to go before it leaves the European Union. Leaving without a deal would affect almost $1 trillion of annual trade, which might become subject to tariffs and quotas. The European Parliament warned that if a deal was not reached this weekend, it might not have time to ratify it. Legislators in America passed the $900 billion coronavirus aid package after senators reached a last-minute deal. The plan includes $600 in direct payments to individuals and $300 per week in unemployment benefits. Senators agreed on a compromise on the Federal Reserve's ability to revive emergency lending programs for small businesses. Around 100 people, including two journalists, were detained in Belarus during a weekly anti-government protest in Minsk, the capital. The country has been rocked by protests since a rigged election in August which President Alexander Lukashenko said he won. More than 30,000 people have been detained since the start of the protests. Protesters in Thailand donned crop tops at a shopping mall in Bangkok, mocking King Mahavajir Longkorn, who has been photographed wearing similar attire. The stunt was to demand the repeal of a law against insulting the monarchy. Protests in Thailand began in July. Originally directed at the Prime Minister, they later morphed into a movement calling for the reform of the monarchy and Iraq devalued its currency by one-fifth because of the economic slump caused by the collapse of the oil price. The central bank announced it would pay the Ministry of Finance 1,450 dinar per dollar, up from 1,182 dinar. Iraq is OPEC's second largest crude oil producer. The oil price crash has slashed government revenues in half. And now, here's today's agenda. Attacked from all sides. Global Democracy Democracy is in retreat, according to the latest Democracy Index from our sister company, The Economist Intelligence Unit. The annual survey assesses the health of democracy in 167 countries and territories, according to five measures, electoral processes and pluralism, the functioning of government, political participation, political culture and civil liberties. The sharpest decline in freedoms occurred in China, because of discrimination against the predominantly Muslim Uyghurs in the northern western region of Xinjiang, and infringements of civil liberties, such as digital surveillance. India, the world's biggest democracy, slid down the rankings after the Hindu nationalist government stripped the Muslim-majority region of Jammu and Kashmir of its statehood last year. The average global score of 5.44 out of 10 is the lowest since the index began in 2006. The EIU deemed just 22 countries home to 440 million people to be full democracies. More than a third of the world's population still lives under authoritarian rule. Boom then bust. Population Projections The world's population may not become as big as previously thought. Projections by researchers at the Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation at the University of Washington suggest it will peak in 2064. The UN's population division reckons it will grow until at least 2100. So the IHME estimates the world will have 8.9 billion people in 2100. The UN estimates 10.9 billion. The IHME study assumes improved access to education and contraceptives in sub-Saharan Africa and a concomitant fall in fertility, and a smaller rebound in fertility rates in many low-birth countries. These differences yield a substantial gap. South Korea, a country of 52 million people, may have fewer than 27 million in 2100. Spain may lose more than half of its 2017 population. The populations of 55 countries will decline by at least 25%. India's and China's will fall from 1.4 billion and 1.6 billion people, now to 1.1 billion and 730 million. Digital Divergence – Educational Inequality Even before the pandemic sent pupils packing, there was a large gap in achievement between rich and poor students. As learning has moved online, the gap has widened. Well-off children are far more likely to have laptops and internet access. Many poorer ones have to compete with family members for access to a laptop or use their smartphones. Some have to forego lessons entirely. America's education department reckons nearly one in seven children lack internet access via a computer at home. Even those pupils who can get online are likely to fall behind. Research has shown that poorer students perform worse in online courses than in face-to-face ones. Researchers at Harvard and Brown universities found that, after American school children were sent home in March, usage of Zern, an online math platform, was directly correlated with median household incomes in the surrounding neighbourhood and that the achievement of good marks in online tests, badges, showed an even wider discrepancy. Still Fighting Fires The United Nations Oh what a great day this can be in history, enthused President Harry Truman in 1945 at the birth of the United Nations. 51 countries had put aside their differences in one unshakable unity of determination to find a way to end wars. After 75 years, its membership has grown to 193. It has moved into peacekeeping and humanitarian relief. There has been no New World War. After the Berlin Wall fell, the UN briefly worked as envisaged, launching peace missions and authorising the American-led liberation of Kuwait in 1991. But America has tired of its global burdens. Rivalries with other powers have grown. The Security Council is stuck, unable even to agree on a resolution on COVID-19. The UN has had dark moments, such as the genocide in Srebrenica and no shortage of scandals. Lately, critics accuse it of weakness on human rights. Yet global challenges, from pandemics to climate change and still security, make it as relevant as ever. (music) Proliferating Protestants Religion in China The number of Christians in China continues to grow. The government reckons that about 200 million of China's 1.4 billion people are religious. Although most practice traditional Chinese religions such as Taoism and longer-standing foreign imports such as Buddhism, Protestant Christianity is probably the fastest growing faith with at least 38 million adherents today, about 3% of the population, up from 22 million a decade ago, according to the government's count. The true number is probably much higher, Perhaps as many as 22 million more Chinese Protestants worship in unregistered underground churches, according to a study by researchers at the University of Notre Dame. As China also has 10 million to 12 million Catholics, there are more Christians in China today than in France, 38 million, or Germany, 43 million. Combined, Christians and the country's estimated 23 million Muslims may now outnumber the membership of the Communist Party, 92 million, Indeed, an unknown number of party members go to church as well as local committee meetings. Finally, here's the quote of the day from F. Scott Fitzgerald, who passed away on this day in 1940. Never confuse a single defeat with a final defeat.